up, everybody? It's Wednesday, March 30th. I can't believe March is almost over. About a March into about a March into April, Billy Ray's birthday month. Um, but we are joined here today with a very special guest, John Laser. It's a family reunion. We're extremely excited about it. But first, we have to say, as John knows, as Pat knows, as every Blacksburg resident knows, there is one place for you to pick up your cough medicine, one place for you to pick up your Gatorade, one place for you to pick up anything that you need, one place to play Mrs. Pac-Man, and that is at Main Street Pharmacy located right on Main Street in Blacksburg. We have the Champions of Brooklyn pins are coming in. We ordered a thousand of them. They're hot off of the press. They're going to be only available at Main Street Pharmacy. So head on down, support local business, do what you got to do, take care of yourself, you know, and head on down to Main Street Pharmacy. Thanks for taking such good care of us. Pat, why don't you go ahead and introduce our illustrious guest and also get us uh, kicked off with a hokey haiku. You know, the only thing the Main Street Pharmacy can't do is give Billy Ray a haircut. Uh, which, in my opinion, he desperately needs, but he says that he will not get a haircut until ski season is over. Uh, so let's accelerate that and uh, get you in the chair with some clippers. Maybe we'll get a maybe we'll get a haircutting sponsor on here pretty soon. Uh, we are excited to welcome Mr. John Laser to the Sons of Saturday. Uh, John was the play-by-play for Virginia Tech. Uh, football and basketball uh, since 2015. And uh, before we jump in, Stephanie Gomez Wilson has an exciting haiku for us. Blaze, we miss you so. Nothing but clean mountain air. We will always say, and uh, we will always say that. So, John, welcome back to the Suns. Brother, it's good to be back with you. Good to see you in person. I think Billy's hair is glorious, by the way. I wouldn't do a thing to that, particularly out in the region of the country where you're at. And uh, thanks to Stephanie. I've still never been able to figure out how to write my own haiku, but I appreciate that one. Yeah, I mean, you know, Pat and I have gone back and forth. It's hard to look professional on calls. I just try to throw a hat on um, and keep a pin back, but it's, it's, it's getting to be that time. But I'm not... I'm not settling for great clips that we have a bunch of great clips out there and that's, that's all we have. So, you know, not all of us have the pleasure of going down and having an uncle Tony or somebody that we know to cut our hair. So, you know, I'm very particular. Um, with like, that. uh, you're getting close to Dalton Keene level here, which I do I like. Mean, would that not be something? Yeah, to is that for? bad? <laughs> would that not be something <laughs> to strive for, especially in the great state of Colorado? Come on, that's right. That's right. Um, no. So ladies, we're excited. We're excited to touch base with you. Um, you know, it's been a while. People are wondering, you know, what you've been up to. We've seen the Ladybug Society stuff. Um, hopped on a Zoom with you the other day um, talking about mental health, which was fantastic. Um, so just kind of wanted to catch up with you and see what's going on. And I suppose we the best place to start would be um, during your time at Virginia Tech. So um, just would love to hear from you kind of, you know, after five years, not even five, five years, seven years at Virginia Tech since 2015, um, what have you taken away from and what have you been thinking about your time at Virginia Tech? Well, I think there's a lot that I'm personally proud of, but that's always collaborative. You know, as we sit here on this Zoom, how many things have changed? You know, when I came in, you weren't even there yet as a player, Bill, and, and now you've already moved on to building this. And what are you guys in year three or four already <laughs> doing this? And it just is representative of all that was built. And I look back on it, you know, Coach Beamer retiring in my first year back in 2015, uh, Coach Fuente coming in, and I think, you know, grand history, it won't seem as long 
long but six-year run as the head coach and the staff and all the modernization of the program and the buildings and the facilities and everything else uh, to where now the program stands or the athletic department stands ready to move forward. Uh, I'm proud of having been a part of a lot of that. We didn't win as much as we wanted to, particularly in football, obviously, and didn't have as many signature moments as maybe I tried to create artificially when I first got there. Uh, But eventually, over the course of time, you're going to have a lot of those special memories. And and that's what I've taken from Virginia Tech. And, you know, we've relocated my wife, Renee, and I to Richmond, and it's just Blacksburg, but bigger is what it is. I mean, everywhere I go, it's Virginia Tech stuff. Uh, Everywhere I go, I'm seeing Hokies, even in our new initiatives. uh, A lot of our partners are are Hokies. Actually, most of them still are and getting a lot of guidance in this new endeavor. So uh, in many ways, it feels like I haven't left. Uh, I know that will change uh, once they kick it off in the fall, though. So talking about some of those memories um, and uh, yeah, a lot of the uh, manufacturing of some of them or burning them into uh, your brain forever. What was your favorite call, whether it's basketball, whether it's football, what was your favorite call of your career at Virginia Tech? Well, I think it's the cup is going nowhere, Mikey, Uh, 2018 UVA from football. I'm sure there were some others that were in more generic spots and aren't as memorable in terms of I was more pleased with the phrasing or the timing, particularly in basketball. I know we had uh, a number in that 18-19 season when they went to the Sweet 16. Uh, But that call came from a place of desperation. Everything was about to flip. We had no business winning that football game. UVA was the better team that day. Uh, I will always say that. But Virginia Tech was the guttier football team that day. You mentioned Dalton Keene there about the hair. I still remember that catch uh, and the call that I made. I said it's a fight and Dalton Keene won that fight. Um, And that keeps it around. And I remember the fumble into the end zone that we recovered. and, And I think I said all hope was lost. And then it was just sitting there in the south end zone. Um, you know, and I remember right before the fumble from Bryce Perkins, Mikey saying, Lays the only way we win this football game is with a turnover. And two seconds later, the Hall of Famer's right on it. Bang, there's that turnover, and it's just euphoria. Uh, you know, and in the grand sense of what that allowed Virginia Tech to do that year, it's not like it led to a New Year's Six Bowl or a division championship, but at the same time, it allowed us to stay in the driver's seat in terms of that in-state rivalry, which was huge. And now as both programs transition, you look back on moments like that where Virginia had the opportunity to balance the scales uh, and just couldn't do it. This year being another opportunity with the Hokies seemingly down with an interim coach. And for most people um, who have heard your voice, recognize your voice, recognize the name, their relationship with you um, starts at tip off or kickoff and concludes at the last whistle. So I'm curious, what were some of your favorite memories when you were not inside of the booth, whether they're related to athletics or just kind of being a part of the Blacksburg community? You know, what was the most gratifying thing that happened, um, after I announced that I was leaving on January 3rd was, you know, I got a ton of messages, including from you guys. And I appreciate that. And, you know, other people in the industry and a lot of Hokies, of course, But I got a message from Brady from Rhino Security, um, who, of course, secure all the athletic facilities and and other events at Virginia Tech. And he said, jokingly, you know, not all of our personnel is adept at social media, but everyone wanted us to reach out and just tell you uh, that we appreciate you always stopping and talking. And I got to the point after seven years where I knew everyone's name. You know, Pam was the one who was on the door at Lane Stadium and operating the elevator. And Brady was right there. Captain Jack was at baseball. So 
and that's just a representation of the relationships that you make in town. You know, speaking of Pam, Pam up at PK's, uh, you know, she knew my order when I walked in and it's not because I was the voice of the Hokies. It's just because uh, you had those relationships and we were legitimately around in terms of individual memories, just too many to even recount uh, our football crew. We consider ourselves family uh, or did. I mean, they all still are. We just don't work together at the moment. Um, but just on the road, the things that we would get into and, and the way that we would pull it together and, and ultimately perform on Saturday is, is something that, I, that I'm really taking with me. Yeah. And, and that segues very nicely in this next question. You know, you talk about the family, you talk about the community, whether it's, you know, just getting to know some of the guys on the team or, harping on uh, Mike Burnup and his appetite on the road. Um, but, you know, once a Hokie, always a Hokie. Who from Virginia Tech, you know, um, were some of those most important folks that left a lasting impact on you, whether it was personally or professionally? Yeah, there's just so many. You know, Brian Callahan, who was one of the founders of Apex Systems, uh, lives here locally in Richmond and has been integral in the startup of our nonprofit lasers ladybug society uh was also a big reason why i got that job in the first place we've maintained that relationship the entire time through obviously mikey uh will be a lifelong brother and friend and you know we still talk every day it's been funny for me i see people on social media go i can't believe you bailed on mike and i'm like just shut up like you know i mean mike and i are uh still the best of friends and, and will be forever uh in terms of the players and the coaches you know right after this i'm having lunch with ryan nadu who's on the basketball staff Staff. He's coming down to Richmond to get birth certificates for his twin boys. Uh, Kevin Giltner and his family and their new daughter uh, will be lifelong friends. And what was interesting about it was as college athletics works, you know, the players, they come and go and they go on to different things. Um, and so do everybody else. I was watching Texas A&M in the NIT semifinal last night and scanning the bench and there's Rock and Lyle and Devin and, you know, all, the, all my guys from there who we continue to talk to um, and visit. Uh, we went down and visited Jack Tyler and Daniel Bartlestein in Dallas while we had some time. Uh, I was just talking to Sam Rogers yesterday um, about getting involved in, in some of the things we're doing. And I'm talking to his brother, Ben, right after this. Uh, Luther Matty called me yesterday because uh, he's coming into town. And, and of course, he just became a papa a couple of weeks ago. You know, Ahmed Hill, J-Rob, um, all those guys, the list goes on. But uh, I think the most lasting one for me, guys, is David Jackson, um, strength coach for men's basketball. Really changed my life right before the wedding, um, getting me into the weight room and getting me a lot more healthy. Um, and that allowed me to do my job so much better. But also we formed a bond just being there every every morning. So uh, that's really the big one that I miss right now in terms of his guidance now that I'm over here at ACAC flailing about not knowing what I'm doing uh, anymore. So what I like, what, something that I do and I encourage everybody to do, everybody to do, and my buddy Kyle actually started doing this this week, um, is to, journaling is important, but also anytime you come to a change in your life, a change in the calendar year, or you're trying to figure something out, Write down the different lessons that you've learned or some of the things that you're, you know, excited to set out. So my question for you are, when you look back at your time at Virginia Tech since 2015, what are the biggest lessons that you took away from that time, whether it be for your career or for your life in general? I think the biggest one, and this has been something that I've been working on my entire life, and I'm still not all the way there, is you have to have patience in everything that you do. Um, you know, this will sound like a cliche, but you know, you really have to try to maximize your productivity every given day. Like I said, when I first came into Virginia Tech, uh, you know, I was following Bill and 
I, I wanted immediately to have that love that he had earned over 27 years. And that's just not practical, right? But in our impatient mind, uh, after the first game, I wanted us to beat Ohio State. I wanted us to have a, you know, <laughs> somebody did it, Mikey Call, at the end of it um, and tried to manufacture those for that first year. And they just weren't there. You know, we went into coach's final regular season game five and six. We'd had a lot of injuries, Michael Brewer being the biggest one. Um, and things just didn't pan out um, the way that we wanted. And, and I think I tried to push that too far. And then um, in basketball, same thing. You know, Buzz Williams and I are very close now. Um, and I consider him a mentor and he taught me a lot of things. But at the beginning, he's very difficult to get in with. Right. And, and I wanted that relationship to be the same as it was with his trusted advisors, because that's what I had had at previous stops, including here in Richmond. And I, and I was struggling not having it. So then you look back to what we were just talking about after seven years, you know, everybody, you know, walking down the sidewalk and, and you know, everybody, and you've got countless relationships with people at that level. And you don't even realize the steps that you took to get there. And you just had to go day by day. And, and I'm doing that again now as we start this nonprofit, you know, we want to be the biggest nonprofit in the country and, and help, you know, thousands of people uh, with their mental health struggles. But at the same time, we got to start with a pickleball tournament and build from there. So moving on uh, into that, your departure, when, uh, when it came kind of a bombshell across um, the Virginia tech community um, took a lot of people by surprise. Can you kind of walk us through the months leading up to that? and the decision to ultimately um, step down as the play-by-play for Virginia Tech. Yeah, I got to go back uh, even further than the months before that. I think for me, it started and we all have shifts in our life when we gain or lose people. Uh, When I lost my dad in September of 2019, um, you know, he was my greatest support. Uh, He was my greatest mentor. He was my hero, for lack of a better term. And uh, he was also globally considered the best at what he did in terms of the addiction field and what he provided and his teachings and those things. And, And I think not because he was putting pressure on me to be this, but I think I wanted to match his level of intelligence. I wanted to match his level of influence and impact. And in my mind to do that, I not only had to succeed, um, you know, at the highest levels of broadcasting, I had to do it better than anybody else. And I think that led to a place where even successes uh, weren't in my mind considered successes, you know, because I'd look at someone else, I didn't win this award or someone else got this job or, uh, you know, someone else was considered the industry standard. Um, and although you're getting the adulation from the fans at times, um, you know, you're not inwardly feeling that. So anyway, uh, you know, I lost him. Um, that was the night we lost to Duke. Uh, I won't even repeat the score. Hokies know what happened. Uh, and then we turned it around when Hendon Hooker came in and uh, we won at Miami the next week. And, and I realized that my motivation just wasn't the same. And, and some of that was obviously the grief of losing him. But uh, my ambition changed. It, it wasn't necessarily anymore trying to get to that pillar because he had witnessed all that he was going to witness. Um, and, you know, my wife would tell you that I started talking about potentially wanting to use my talents, uh, which are God given for the most part, um, in a more impactful way than athletics. And it's not to say that athletics isn't hugely important. I've built my entire life around them, you know, playing them, announcing them, uh, the relationships that come from them. But at the same time, you know, I looked at what my dad had done, what his legacy would be um, in terms of the lives that he changed. And I'm just thinking to myself, 
that's not going to be me. Um, so there was a part of me that was planning on potentially stepping aside at the end of the uh, 2020 basketball season. But <laughs> then what happened? Uh, the pandemic, um, suddenly I got furloughed. You kind of lose a little faith in, in that security that you have and, and some of the people that you thought were going to have your back. Virginia Tech was not that. They stepped up and, and really took care of us. And that's ultimately why we kind of stayed the course and continued um, and then 2020, 2021 was just a gong show in terms of COVID protocols and, and all those things. And it was just survival. We weren't thinking about, um, you know, moving to this or that because nothing was happening. So we just got through that season. And then, of course, this past football season, when um, you're already potentially, you know, leaning that way and feeling like you potentially want to do something else, um, you know, and this is the way it goes. I completely understood the decision with, with coach Fuente and his staff, but at the same time, those, those were people that were our community and our friends and that we had built over six years, which was for the most part, our entire time in Blacksburg. So once that season ended and we got through the holidays and we spent time with family, I, I kind of step back and realize that all the time that I missed with my family, I should go back and say, when my dad passed, I just had a tremendous amount of regret um, about not being there, particularly over the last two or three years while I was, you know, trying to build my reputation and name selfishly at Virginia Tech. And, uh, you know, like you said, it kind of sent shockwaves. We knew that that would happen whenever uh, we decided to leave and for whatever it might be, whether it be another job or whether it be just to do something else. It didn't necessarily matter if it was before spring football, before the start of the season uh, or when we did it. And, uh, you know, I joke, had I known they were going to win the ACC tournament, maybe I would have stuck around for a few more months. And Mike, Mike Young loves that one. Um, but, you know, uh, we just just did it, honestly, um, because, you know, I'll be as candid. And I said this on the call the other day with you, Billy. Um, you know, I had a, a young family member try to take her life uh, multiple times over the holidays. Um, and it kind of put me in a tailspin. I treated some people not the way I wanted to just because I was kind of at a breaking point. And anyway, it just seemed like a, a natural time to step away and get in the game um, as it pertained to mental health. I think a lot of times, especially in athletic departments, whether we're talking about um, about you, whether we're talking about a coach Fuente, whether we're talking about somebody taking a job somewhere else, there's a lot more that goes into life than what you call on third down, what, you know, what call you're on, any of that. Uh, people have stuff that go on outside of their lives. Um, and I uh, appreciate you being so uh, open about it. Uh, cause a lot of people definitely, um, definitely care and definitely were interested to, uh, to learn about that. I guess the, the next question would be how, how did you go about, cause you do have great relationships with the different coaches, with the different people in the athletic department. How was that departure saying goodbye to the different coaches, saying goodbye to Mikey, saying goodbye to the rest of the crew? Um, how, how, how did you handle that? Uh, recklessly, <laughs> you know, uh, what was it? Yeah. And I think another thing that, that kind of led to it was, um, you know, after we got back from the pinstripe bowl, uh, coach Fu had a gathering at his house and smoked some meat and whatever else on new year's Eve. And it was kind of felt like the end of the world party as, you know, coaches were walking out. It's like, you know, there goes Jafar. I don't know if I'll <laughs> see him anytime soon. You know, there goes Jack, there goes whoever was there. Um, and we were just kind of sitting there, you know, we were going to turn the page and do the same thing. And it just felt really odd 
Uh, I didn't go about saying goodbye. Like I said, I'd still talk to Mike every every day, pretty much, um, and check in. And you know, we'll, we'll vacation together down in Destin, and uh, we'll get a bourbon together here uh, in the next few days. Um, you know, I've already, like I said, hooked up with Jack and Danielle and and some of those people, and we'll continue to do that. Um, it was difficult. Coach Young definitely understood. Him and I talked on the phone that night, and I just said, "Look, man, there's there's more to this than." Um, you know, me seemingly bailing on the team. I, I would never do that. And, uh, you know, and, and he got it. And, uh, you know, Coach Young's a phenomenal person. His wife's a phenomenal person. His family are phenomenal people. Um, and that extends into that program. You know, as I've said, I think on social media, if it, if people think it's easy for me to not be the voice of the Hokies anymore, they're wrong. You know, you, you wake up every morning and, and you miss that. And I miss that camaraderie. I miss the calls. I miss all those things. But, uh, if you're truly going to try to make a change, uh, a lot of times you have to give some of those things up. And one of the big things is that day-to-day interaction with people. But I think that I was a little bit um, pre-ready to do that because, again, so many people have come and gone. You get used to it. You know, I learned that in baseball. The team is different every year. Um, the guy that might have been your dinner companion every night for the season you'll never see again. <laughs> and uh, that's not a necessarily a good thing, but it does condition you where mentally you can probably handle that a little bit better than others. So here's a, a question on kind of a little shift for you. What was it like to watch the game as truly just a spectator, to watch the ACC tournament, to watch the end of the uh, basketball season? Um, what were your emotions and how did, how did you handle that? Uh, well, what was funny is, you know, um, a lot of the tournament, they were using that whiteboard for the plays. So, you know, Webby or Giltner, Mike Jones, whoever was putting it up, I knew it was coming. So the people that were <laughs> just from being at practice so much, I don't know them all, but I know the foundational ones. And, uh, you know, so I was annoying the hell out of the people that I was watching the game with. I'm like, this is going to be a corner three for Aluma, or, you know, I was like, uh, Tony Romo, uh, light calling the game. It, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun, honestly, because the biggest thing is, is you take away that pressure, not pressure, uh, the stress, because, you know, I got into the business for those moments. So when you're in a place like Brooklyn, uh, you want to win so badly because you want the experience to continue for another day or in the NCAA tournament, another two days. And your emotion sometimes like the fans spills out on the air. So it's not that I was relaxed, but um, it was, it was a lot of fun, honestly. And I was actually with some Hokies, my friends, we were down in uh, Charleston playing some golf uh, with Derek Gwynn and some others uh, from the athletic department. So, you know, they just kept running around yelling ACC champions and I got a little mini hokey celebration anyway. So, uh, but again, uh, it's not because they won. Um, it's just because to see them all, um, you know, euphoric together, you know what that feels like because you've had those moments together too. And it's just, you know, it's kind of like looking through the window at your family. So now you're back in Richmond and you have, you know, significant familiarity with the 804, having been the voice of the flying squirrels uh, for a number of years. So you definitely have some comfort and familiarity there. Um, but what's next? We know about Lasers Ladybug Society here, but tell us a little bit more um, about Lasers Ladybugs and kind of high level what we can expect here uh, moving forward. Yeah, it's been awesome. I think the, the coolest thing about it has been working with Renee. Um, you know, she found difficult footing in Blacksburg just because it's a small community professionally, uh, you know, coming from Philadelphia and 
working for the Phillies and, and Comcast and some of those places that the opportunities just weren't there. And it's been awesome to kind of the yin and yang, you know, where I'm the big dreamer and just go out and go, we're going to raise a million dollars a year. And she's like, oh, hold on, hold on. Uh, let me draw up a business plan as to how we're going to do that. Um, but no, we, we've just attacked it. It's like I said earlier, it's it's one thing at a time, right? We had to create a logo and we had a friend here from my squirrels days that was able to do that. Then we needed a tournament logo and our man, Clark Ruland, stepped up and knocked that out in like two days. Um, it's been a blend of my time here, my time in Blacksburg um, and a lot of stops before that, which has been awesome. Um, it's, you know, all inclusive, as I mentioned, a ton of Hokies, but we're starting with event-based fundraising. Uh, we've we've uh, negotiated, not negotiated, we've partnered with uh, Hanover Public Schools here. What's cool is my spotter for football, Johnny Alga, his wife's a counselor in the Hanover School District, and she was telling us as we were barbecuing one night, uh, you know, just how much need there was for aid and for these programs. Um, and unbeknownst to me during the pandemic, you know, the number of kids affected and seeking counseling had tripled um, and their budget had not. So uh, that's where we're starting. We're funneling funds directly to the Hanover County schools kind of as a test balloon. And then we want to blanket Richmond. Um, and then if those programs work, we kind of want to replicate it. You know, Billy mentioned uh, his friend, Kyle, uh, who reached out to me in Jersey um, and talking about doing an event up there to benefit the schools. Um, so we will have Virginia and Jersey, and then we'll have to connect the dots in between, um, uh, but step-by-step. Step. So event-based, we're, we're doing this pickleball tournament, which incredibly I was texting with Fu the other day. That came as a result of a TTL segment where he was talking about how I got addicted to pickleball on, on some coach's trip a number of years ago, um, and him and Jenny trying to build a court in their, in their driveway. So we checked it out here, and it's just this huge craze. And now all of a sudden, like I'm the pickleball commissioner. I've got all these pickleball sponsors and, and all this stuff got multiple paddles. Um, it's, it's incredible. I just live up at the courts. And, uh, so we're holding a tournament. We're hoping to have about 250 participants, tons of sponsors. If people can hit me up on social media, uh, we'd love for those to be Hokie sponsors and we've got all different levels of that. Uh, but then we're going to build into, um, concert series, uh, potentially over the summer. Um, Dave Stipe, my engineer for football, actually runs a recording studio out of Charlottesville. Don't blame him for that. We stole him from UVA at some point. And he's got all these up and coming artists. And what's really awesome about it and why we came back to Richmond is, uh, you know, everyone is everyone in the infrastructure of athletics and events here is, was so tied into the squirrels that we have all these relationships uh, where it's like, we already know the security companies. We already know the venues. We already know uh, a lot of these things. So the sky's the limit. We're going to open it up just like we did with clean mountain air with a uh, three t-shirt run of ladybug apparel. Uh, I can already picture you guys wearing these going to be a black shirt with our black and white logo. And on the back, it's going to say lady lover in really big letters and then bug and like small. That next like to lady. yeah and, and my wife came up with that um and then the women's one is going to say live in the loveliness loveliness unbeknownst to me when we started this is a group of ladybugs to so come be a part of the group and then we've got a kids version um that's going to be little love bug and it's going to be a ladybug driving a volkswagen beetle um so <laughs> and uh and then i'm writing a couple of books um potentially going to host some broadcasting camps, um, but also just chilling a little bit too, and uh, just networking and, and making connections here. That's it. <laughs> <laughs>
That's well, I think awful. you remember in my post about the ladybugs, I said, I'd like to tell you we start small, but that's not really my style. And right. I'm annoying the hell out of Renee right now because I'm like, we're doing this, 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 and this. And she's <laughs> like, well, why don't you go get a workout in first and maybe some lunch and then we'll do that after. So quick question. I'm assuming that Renee is going to get some love here. What Can you tell me about where the ladybug, where the naming and the branding all came from? Yeah, so... Uh, her sister, Dana, um, at some point when they were younger, would always uh, give her ladybugs, uh, you know, or ladybug themed things and, and say, you know, this is a ladybug that keeps you safe and uh, represents grace and hope and optimism. And when she was going through something harder when she was younger, uh, that was the symbol that represented um, that within their family. And I remember one time she had this special bottle of ladybug wine in my broadcast partner from Richmond, Jay Burnham came up. He's the voice of UMass now. And we got to the end of the line with the wine and I'm like, ah, just open it. We'll replace it. And uh, we cut the top off, which was a ladybug. And she came home from wherever she was and it was in the sink, like in the drain. And she just went ballistic on me. And I'm like, what is the big deal? It's just a bottle of wine. Like we'll get another one. Um, and so then I really learned the significance of Ladybug because it was apparently irreplaceable. Uh, but no, so we were driving around. Uh, we kind of went on a road trip after we left Blacksburg. And, uh, you know, we were just thinking of names and uh, we were thinking of something that's, you know, you can market. Obviously, Ladybug is you know easy to make logos out of and those types of things. It's alliterative with lasers. And then we looked it up and, you know, it did represent all the things that we wanted to, which was, like I said, grace, optimism, hope. Um, and there's about 10 others. So that's where that came from. But initially, we got to give her sister and her, her the credit for that. Got to say, really cool logo. And and the way that you're tying in ladybugs is, is super symbolic and a unique way to, to build a brand. And I, I love the logo. Shout out to Clark. But uh, if you guys haven't checked out the logo, the ladybug looks just like a pickleball. Um, which I think is pretty cool too. So what was interesting um, about that, that was that was another Renee idea was to make the pickleball. And I misunderstood. I thought she wanted to make a pickle look like a ladybug and hold a paddle. So Clark made that one first and I sent it to him. She's like, no. And I'm like, well, we're not going to hurt Clark's feelings like that. He did exactly what I said. Um, and I can't repeat what she said after that. And so I went back to Clark. So we'd already been going like three, four rounds and um, you know, he's already done so much for me with clean mountain air and you know, all those different things. And I'm like, Hey, totally different gear. Can you make a pickleball look like a ladybug? And then five minutes later, Clark being Clark, that was in my inbox and we were ready to roll. And she was happy. Big ups to Clark there. And, uh, John, you know, recognizing that there is still a lot of work to be done here. What are your thoughts on the progress that mental health awareness has made over the past few years? Well, I think the expansion of the conversation is phenomenal, right? And athletes have done a great part in that or have had a great part in that. You look at Lane Johnson from the Eagles, Calvin Ridley uh, from the Falcons. Um, but I think the biggest one being Simone Biles uh, in the Olympics and what she had to go through. Unfortunately, it's one of those situations where that was probably a very traumatic two weeks or even more so for her, but I think she'll look back on it in 20 years and go, that was a time where a lot of these things uh, advanced and it's a lot different now than it was 10 years ago. It's a lot different now than it was five years ago. The fact that public schools are even willing to suggest having mental health uh, therapists and counselors in schools is a massive advancement 
The problem is um, that the conversation and the resources with it have not risen um, in step or in lockstep with the need. Um, as I put it in our mission statement, it's been incongruent in terms of, you know, the one line's going this high and the other one's coming, but it's at a, at a much lower rate. So that's exactly what we're attempting to do is come in and try to balance those. And obviously we know we're not going to save the world and, and get to everyone. But if, you know, there's 50 more organizations like us, one in every state, um, and you can try to have that same goal, then eventually, hopefully those two things will match up. And, and also the big thing that we're doing, Pat, is we'd like to use the statement or the, the say, saying, uh, water the root, not the leaves. And what that means is, you know, I've been someone that struggled with this since I was four or five years old, uh, as early as you can remember having the emotions to know that something was a little bit amiss, uh, but there was nothing there. And that's in a family of psychologists. Um, so if we can get to this generation or this newest generation earlier and, and try to solve is not the right word, but to uh, you know, treat some of these conditions, then maybe they don't mushroom out. And, and ultimately you try to get to it at the, at the beginning stages. So um, it, it, it's come a long way uh, to put it simply, but we've got a long way to go too. So you spoke to how it's important to people outside to recognize how it's important for people outside to um, put money into helping people that do struggle. What would you say to someone that is struggling with, their own demons and their own issues. What would you say to someone um, who may be kind of lost and trying to find their own way? Say something, um, you know, and it could be to someone that you wouldn't necessarily expect to be helpful. Um, you know, in a lot of cases, you see people that are struggling uh, and they're hesitant to reach out to members of their own family. And generally, a lot of this stuff is genetic in terms of brain chemistry and the way that things work. And you'd be shocked, you know, in my case, my brother and sister are some of my greatest confidants because they both deal not exactly with the same thing, but a lot of the same family of stuff. Um, if not, uh, you know, find somebody on social media that's talking about it and reach out to them, send them a message. What I've discovered is, you know, if someone reaches out to me uh, with their story or with their struggle, uh, you know, I'm trying to get back to them, you know, within the hour uh, because it's important. But you know, it's the it's the mantra of the industry or of the mission. But you know, you're not alone, and and that's so true. You know, Billy, I gave that talk the other day, and and you know, there, I think at one point there was 60, 70 people on there, uh, but it was you, uh, you know, my producer for football and basketball. Uh, you know, people from wherever I've been and the, you know, the interest that they had, I'm just like, wow, you know, and then, and then they've come back and said, you, you said some of the same things literally that I've been thinking across the years. And I would also say uh, it, it's a strength. It's not a weakness um, because so many people are dealing with the exact same uh, thing that, you know, we're all unique in a positive way but we're not necessarily unique in a negative way in terms of, you know, you might think that it's the greatest problem of all, but in actuality, um, you know, there are other people out there that have the same thing and, and certainly can have conversations with you about it. So moving into this pickleball tournament, I want to hear it. We need a lazism for Billy Ray. Uh, for <laughs> Billy Ray. When Billy Ray hits a nice backspin shot into the kitchen and you know, the opposition, let's say it's, uh, let's say it's me or let's say it's Grayson. And, we, you know, we fall on our face whiffing at the, uh, at the pickleball. Can we get a little lazism for, uh, for some pickleball action? <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, 
All right, so we'll create the score. Grayson and Pat are ahead, um, 10-9, game point, serving to, to Billy. Um, who's your partner, Billy? Kevin Finn, maybe? Sure, yeah. <laughs> Wimbush, game point. We'll see if it is the hard cut serve or the slash that Mitchell's had tremendous trouble with throughout the course of this championship match. He cocks his arm back. It is the cut serve to the backhand for Mitchell. Mitchell, a slice return. Oh, no, Pat Finn popped it up. Mitchell with the mash. But he stepped into the kitchen. Story (laughs) of his life. Game. Wimbush. Finn. Heartbreak. Um, Mitchell. Are you... Are you going to be calling these games? Or I love that. I think to be calling. We might do something fun like that. Uh, that's another thing that we've been thinking about doing uh, is uh, <laughs> potentially offering packages where we would raise money for charity and just have like youth coaches hire like me and a couple of my buddies that are you know quasi professionals to come out and do like a professional broadcast with their seven year old soccer game. Mm-hmm. Um, we think that would be a lot of fun. I think, uh, I mean, that was awesome. And I mean, I know, I know you had the cameo set up. That would be fun for cameos too. Just to hey, ladies, we did a bunch call. of those. Like we just put people into play-by-play calls. You know, yeah, guard end around. I also like the the double. I think I'm using this right. The double entendre. Billy Ray stepping into the kitchen. Story of his life because we know this man. <laughs> You know this man likes to eat. Yeah, that was a weight also- joke. Matt. You look good, so I, don't don't come don't come uh, Will Smith me. All right. Lays Lays is hitting on all cylinders now. Um, <laughs> so we'll move on. Uh, uh, and Lays multi-channel. You know, Pat and I are both in. Uh, we're both in technology. Uh, omni-channel is extremely important. So we actually had some letters from lunch pail answered on Twitter. We have another one that we can answer here uh, from our friend Grant Watson, who we haven't heard from a while, Grant. So, Grant, well, glad you're glad you're chiming back in. Uh, Grant Watson says, John, it was great to meet you at Home Team Grill a while back. Thank you for all the memories and being a great ambassador for Virginia Tech. Taking a line out of my book. I love saying that. Who would be your dream foursome? You and three others, to clarify, to play golf with. Could be dead or alive. Yeah, and that was a funny story, Grant. I ran into Home Team Grills, one of the sponsors of VCU. So I went to a VCU game uh, when we got to Richmond, and we went over there and uh, came up. We were talking Hokies instead of VCU, so that was good. Um, you know, I, I've given a little thought because I saw him tweet that yesterday. That's so difficult to do, um, but I think you got to go with Tiger Woods, who Lord, I hope plays in the Masters next week. That would be such a tremendous story, um, just for the pure golf portion of it um for me uh, harry carey would have to be in there um you know he would be bringing the drinks and the stories and keeping things light because i would imagine that he's not a very good golfer um and then i'd have to put my dad in there because we'd need to talk about it and chronicle it and have it as a as a memory that we got to play with harry and tiger um so that would be my three off the off the top of my head you know on the topic of golf um lays we know that you had gotten to play with John Daly last year. Um, and we also were able to sit down, Grayson chatted with JJ Singleton about um, being able to, to have collaboration with John Daly 
Yeah, can we get him a degree? Can we get John Daly like a a tech degree? They're like handing degrees out all over the country for no reason. I feel like I feel like that's he's double dipped now. He's got to be due for some sort of degree. I know honorary. So, um, did you get to chat with JJ at all about uh, your your co experiences with John Daly? Yeah, I did. Uh, JJ came up to the booth shortly after that. Him and his dad, and uh, we were talking about that. You know, it's interesting when when I was the voice of the Hokies. There's this amazing video that I have from playing there. And I was hesitant to send it out on social media because JD was the 18th and he was feeling pretty loose at this point. And, uh, you know, there was some words that we wouldn't want in there, but basically at the turn, when I was playing with daily, like, I don't know what clicked in, but I was, I was suddenly high school golf team captain lays, uh, and I couldn't miss on the back nine and it was a senior tour course. So it's playing pretty fast. Anyway, long story short, I'm even on the back nine, through eight, which for those that have played with me in Blacksburg, you're like, no, there's no chance. Like we've seen you play. You're like a 12, 13 handicap now. Uh, but uh, asked Derek Gwen, he was caddying for me, BT's compliance director. And the day before there was another pro-am and Daly had hit an iron off a beer can. And I said, I said, anybody can hit an iron off a beer can. I'm going to hit my driver off a beer can on 18. And Derek's like, no, you're not. You're going to embarrass us. Don't do that. I'm like, please. And I'm like, give me the beer can. So I tee it up and Daly's like, now he's getting cocky with that driver. And I could do this. I could hit it another hundred times and not hit it as good as I did, but I just right down the middle of the fairway. Um, and Daly was in prey, came up. He's like, you know, if you took this seriously, you got a pretty good swing. I'm like, yeah, JD, that, that ship has sailed, man. <laughs> <laughs> so john um one i can't thank you enough uh we've we've been over how much your friendship means to all of us and your mentorship means to all of us and um and i think i speak for um not just us but a lot of people in the virginia tech community that um our relationship with you extends past um you call in a third down you call in a sack you call in an interception you call in a touchdown um you know we're we're super excited for you and your family um, and, uh, I'm here to help you in any way whatsoever. Um, appreciate everything that you've done for Virginia tech and everything that you will continue to do, um, spanning across the entire country. So, um, just wanted to say, thank you so much. Um, we're excited to see how we can help out. Yeah, guys, you know, I love you. Uh, and there's a reason that we did this, uh, you know, on Sons of Saturday, of course, uh, appreciate you to Hokies. You know, as I said earlier, it wasn't goodbye. It was, uh, we'll work together in a just different capacity. And, and as so many people have told me, you know, Virginia tech's not roles. It's, uh, it's the people. So I miss you all, uh, for those that, uh, thought it was easy for me to leave. It certainly wasn't. And, uh, you can't get rid of me that easy. If people want to get involved in the pickleball tournament from a sponsorship, uh, from a sponsorship opportunity or a involvement opportunity, where is the best place to go? Yeah, uh, head to Twitter is always the easiest. Message me there uh, at Lay's Play by Play PXP. Uh, I just actually posted the registration link yesterday, um, so you can register as a participant. It's only forty bucks to register, fifteen for event. We're gonna have four divisions. We got free T-shirts, free wristbands, food trucks, DJs, uh, you know, clowns on stilts. I don't know. I got to make a couple phone calls on that, but uh, yeah. And in terms of volunteering and what, you know, the biggest thing is sponsorship. We've got four levels uh, starting as low as $250 just to uh, get your name associated with it. And uh, it's going to be a big, uh, big starting point. So yeah, Twitter, IG, Facebook, all those things. We've created accounts for lasers, ladybugs um, on Twitter and IG as well as Renee and my personal uh, things. We'll always share them there. So uh, shouldn't be too hard to find. 
June 11th and 12th at the Chesterfield Technical Center at Hole Street uh, in Richmond, Virginia. And we're, we're definitely going to get involved in some capacity lays. You don't have to worry about that. We're, uh, oh, that, that, I want to see that play-by-play that I just did come to life. <laughs> Novice division. We're gonna, have to build a, we're gonna have to build a kitchen in the middle of the uh, in the middle of the pickleball uh, pickleball arena, which could be arranged. Who knows? I will say, Pat, I'm not gonna do the haircut, but I'm a little offended. I wish you guys would have let me know that today was quarter zip day. I'm out here looking like uh, you know I'm going to pump some iron. You guys look fantastic. I wore this because it's my ski gear. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I can go put my bib on. And Pat, my my promise to you, I will I will be wearing a helmet tomorrow. Uh, I will I will post it and make sure that I hold myself accountable to that. Billy Ray, to that I say every day is quarter zip day, and I will believe it when I see when it. When I see it. <laughs> Lays, we love you. Thank you so much. Um, we appreciate it, and we will be in touch soon. Um, looking forward to getting involved. Thank you for everything you're doing. See you, buddies. To wander, tripping in the sand We smoke out windows, drink till we can't stand But I saw you dance like you want to in my head And all that she said is Oh, I know just what you're thinking Please don't go to sweat singing Trash my friend's place, wake up the next day Take a hit, it started